tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. We seem to have tied progress to suffering, and that's not true. If you stand in the middle of a field or at the edge of a forest or, or on a cliff overlooking the ocean, and you can have those moments where you go, oh, my goodness, life is incredible. I will never be the same again. You've literally started to rewire and transform using the unknown language to transformation, which is being able to transform yourself through joy. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. You can find out more about my work as an intuitive guide and spiritual teacher at karenhager.com. I am fascinated by the idea that there is a deeper connection between all of us, those of us who are embodied, those of us who have passed, a deeper connection between all of us than we can see. Our illusion that we're solitary, that we're in this on our own, can lead to a lot of pain. And it can also sometimes lead us to romanticize that pain or maybe wallow in it in a way that can be unhealthy, in a way that actually can uh, make it more difficult for us to heal. On today's show, you'll meet Judy Wilkins-Smith. She says that we're shaped by patterns handed down by our ancestors, invisible, multi-generational patterns of thoughts, feelings, actions, choices that limit our responses to events and can influence the decisions we make in our lives unconsciously running the show. But that this doesn't mean there's nothing we can do to heal or to change. Instead, she says this truth can open a treasure chest of possibilities and growth. Are you ready to meet her? Judy Wilkins-Smith is an organizational individual and family patterns expert. A systemic executive coach, trainer, facilitator, thought partner, and leadership conference and motivational speaker, she has 18 years of expertise in assisting high-performance individuals, Fortune 500 executives, and legacy families to end limiting cycles and reframe challenges into lasting breakthroughs and peak performance. She's the author of Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint, a powerful guide to transformation through disentangling multi-generational patterns. You can find out more about Judy and her work at judywilkins-smith.com. Judy, welcome to Out of the Fog. Hi, Karen. It is lovely to be with you. Why do we get so attached to the idea of our trauma and the idea of being victimized. I don't think it's because we're whiny babies. I feel like there must be something deeper going on here. I think there are a number of things. First of all, it allows us to belong because there's so much suffering around at the moment and it's glamorized, sanitized, sanctified, monetized, that it seems like a really good idea. 
So that's the first one. The other one is if you look at people throughout history, it's a it's a big meta pattern and a multi-generational pattern. You look at them and say, they came from impossible odds. They suffered their way to the top. So we think that's the way we should do it. But there are other ways to do it. And if you ask the person who got to the top, how were how deeply were you invested in your suffering? The chances that they're going to say yes are not that that great. They will tell you, I learned things. If you invite them to go back, they will say no, thank you. <laughs> I'm hearing you say there might be a kind of a system at work here that um, keeps us engaged in our own suffering because it's it it profits the people who are earning money from it but it also we might believe it makes us better people because if i'm constantly in uh going through impossible odds it means that someday i might be even greater so that, yes. how do you get out of that cycle well here's here's the thing i say to people so they they talk about you've got to suffer your way to success or no pain no gain and you've really got to kind of be in it to be some sort of being and to transform because transformation is the big thing. Transformation simply means that those inherited patterns of thoughts, feelings, actions, reactions are things that you're now turning around and, and rewiring into something very different. And so, so to get out of that, it's literally when your body tells, at least when your brain tells your body a story that the body can believe, that becomes your truth. Now, multi-generationally, we've seen people struggle. And by the way, some of it's tied to money, because if they get the money, well, at least they did something to earn it so they can keep it. And, mm -hmm. and they're not those greedy, horrible people. And so poor money gets a bad rap, too. But we seem to have tied progress to suffering, and that's not true. If you stand in the middle of a field or at the edge of a forest or, or on a cliff overlooking the ocean, and you can have those moments where you go, oh, my goodness, life is incredible. I will never be the same again. You've literally started to rewire and transform using the unknown language to transformation, which is being able to transform yourself through joy, through inspiration, through positivity. We don't speak that language frequently enough, and yet it's part of the whole language that we were born with. Only we've only learned half the language. So when we talk about multi-generational patterns, I think we naturally, or at least I do, I think about those things that that aren't great. Can we also be influenced by multi-generational patterns of joy yes. and inspiration and six? Is that is that there? Yes. And this is where we miss it. You you've hit the nail on the head. We keep looking at at the bad stuff and the stuff I have to fix and what's wrong with me, and I was born into sin and all of those sorts of things. But if you look at people, you can inherit joy resilience, gratitude, happiness. I ask people about their HQ all the time. They go, what? Your happiness quotient. How much were you born with? And here's the other piece that's truly fascinating. Even if you were born into a family with very little joy, that simply means your job 
is to be the change agent and bring the joy that hasn't been there. So all the time you're a treasure hunter, all the time things that look like they should defeat you are simply closing one door so that you can find another portal to possibility. That's all. How can we recognize these multi-generational patterns? It feels to me like you're talking about something that goes deeper than only the stories that we tell ourselves. How can we recognize those patterns and how they come out in our lives? Okay, so there are a number of ways. The best ways to find them or the best places to find them are where you're dogmatic, where you use inflated language, where you have a hyper reaction to something, where you are uh, resistant. Those are your places where you'll find that you're actually guarding all of those multi-generational patterns. You're almost protecting them. I will not do this. I am not going to go and have a look there and then ask yourself, for example, with money, what are my thoughts about money? What are my feelings? What are my actions? When did that start for me? What was I doing at the time? What was happening in my life at the time? Is there anyone else in my family with a similar flavor of this pattern? And then you begin to see how they build up. Now, some people don't have that family history, in which case you timeline your own life and simply notice where are those inflection points and what are they really trying to tell us? Most times we default to, okay, what do I need to fix? But what are they saying? Here's the opportunity to that we're missing. So that's how you go looking for them. Anything, relationships, teamwork, being a leader. It's what do I feel about this? What do I think about this? What are my actions? When did it start? What was happening? Who else has this? Is it... I hope this isn't a silly question. You talk in the book about how we carry things down through our physical DNA. We also carry things down through emotional DNA. Yes. Could could I be carrying multi-generational patterns from people I never met who I didn't know when they were embodied? Totally. Absolutely. 100%. People will come to me and say, I don't understand why X is happening. And we look through their history and four generations ago, that happened. Uh, I'll give you an example. Somebody who comes and says to me, you know what? Um, I'm really concerned. I'm, I'm always ill. And um, I say, what does it keep you from doing? Well, I can never be with a family. In fact, I've always kept myself apart from the family. I don't like to interact. Why? Because they, they'll think there's something wrong with me. And then we go back and I say to her, so, so who else was excluded from the family? We go back three generations to a great grandmother she's never met. And she says, oh, but I heard about her. She was institutionalized. When she lost great-grandfather, she just went crazy. They institutionalized her and they never spoke about her again. And she was really at everybody else's mercy. And then she looks at me and she goes, Dawn, I'm at the mercy of this illness, aren't I? Yeah. Oh, yes. Is that, how can we start to untangle? Well, you've shared some of this, but I'm wondering how I can start to untangle this, even if I don't have the information. Maybe I can't go back four generations and look. If you can't go back, you notice where it started for you. And here's the beautiful piece of that. The way to disentangle that is this. 
you look at the pattern that that really irritates, frustrates, maddens, and makes you sad. Mm. And you write down your thoughts, feelings, and actions about that. So that's the piece that you really want to stop. That's the pattern that's trying to stop. Then you sit down and you go, what would I really love? What would I like? What, what opens my heart, settles my gut, turns my creative brain on? Because those three are in sync. And when they all three say yes, what is it that I really, really want? How do I want to think? What do I want to feel? What are the actions I want to take? What you've done is two things. You've identified the pattern trying to stop and the pattern trying to start. And you've also begun to define your purpose because very often our purpose is right at the edge of what wants to stop. So simply by doing it on your own, you know what needs to stop and what's exploding and trying to start. Can you say more about that? Our purpose is at the edge of what's trying to stop. Yes. I had somebody who came in and said to me, my whole family is miserable. We're all miserable. We've always been miserable. I don't know what my purpose is. And I burst out laughing and she said, what's funny? I said, your purpose is sitting right in front of you. And she said, what? I said, you've just told me everybody's miserable. Why are you here? I'm tired of being miserable. In other words, are you the change agent? Oh, do you understand your purpose is to bring joy to this family system? Oh, you mean I'm allowed? Not only are you allowed, it's your purpose. And when we make changes uh, in our in our own timeline, if I can be aware of and start to untangle and make changes for myself, for my family in, in my own space, can the good that I do here carry on to the people who come after me? That is exactly what happens. It's emotional DNA. The minute you change your mindset or, or your thoughts, your feelings, your actions, and you start to rewire and your whole body is in harmony with that, remember head, heart, gut, when those three all say yes, you're now telling yourself a very different story. And when the brain tells the body a story that the body goes, yes, that's your new truth. And now everybody who comes after you looks at that and says, oh, that's the new truth or that's how we do it. So instead of you saying, I struggle, I struggle, I struggle with money, it's, it's day to day, it's paycheck to paycheck. You build a, a nest egg because you don't want to be like that anymore. And people go, you know, she, Karen's really wise. She builds this nest egg. That must be the way we do it. So absolutely down it, it, it passes. If you look at epigenetics, if the if the influence is strong enough and the, um, what do you call it? Yeah, it's, it's the influence basically on the system. In other words, if the thought, feeling, action is strong enough, it creates an imprint on the system that then becomes the blueprint for generations of subsequent behavior. And that also uh, uh, activates your on-off switches in your genetic expression. I'm hearing you say we're not at the mercy of these systems. We're not being haunted by a lot of angry and happy, poverty-stricken ghosts from past generations who make us angry and happy, poverty-stricken. What I'm hearing you say is instead of being like haunted by this, our ancestors can bring us tools for understanding and shifting, like flicking the switch. 
they're begging you to take the tools. The whole system is begging you to take the tools. It's going, here they are. Somebody said to me, and it was really interesting, I'm a CEO now. No thanks to my jerk of a father. But when she tells her story, he leaves them on the side of the road. He goes off, mom remarries, marries this guy, starts a company. She's now the CEO. And I said to her, it's exactly thanks to your father. If he had have kept you, you'd have been in very different circumstances and you wouldn't be here now, would you? But in every instance, what we think sometimes may be a train wreck is literally just a crashing of what's there so that you can find the gift in it and use that for the next step. So there is no haunting. There's plenty of encouragement. You're listening to Out of the Fog, and I'm talking with Judy Wilkins-Smith. Her new book is Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint, a powerful guide to transformation through disentangling multi-generational patterns. You can find out more about Judy and her work at judywilkins-smith.com. I'm going to spell. Are you ready? Judy, J-U-D-Y-W-I-L-K-I-N-S hyphen smith.com judywilkinsmith.com so as we become aware of these patterns and start to um want to almost play with them kind of like um this is like opening the treasure chest and then just lightly letting it run through my hands to see what's there the gold and the jewels and the things i don't know what the heck that is and i'll set that to one side as we start to go through these patterns how can we keep a consistency of focus on this so that we don't fall back into the old way. Because I know from my own experience, these patterns and ways of thinking about ourselves are incredibly almost like hypnotic, sometimes addictive. So how can we keep steady attention and intention on this transformation? So what you were talking about when you said hypnotic was bang on. It's called a systemic trance. And it's very strong and it will suck you in until you build something that's stronger than that trance. So you want to start creating goals for yourself that are happier and stronger than your limited version right now. You want to give yourself a dream that you can go and fulfill. Because as you do, you're wiring all the pieces that you need in to be able to go in that direction. Now, there is there is a, a warning with that. And the warning is this, don't make your, your dream so ridiculous that, that you can't believe it, but never make it so small that you wouldn't bother to get out of bed for it. So what we're talking about is a stretch, not a, not a crack. Uh, now some people will go the whole stretch or the whole way. Um, I'm one of those people I like to be, if I'm going to do this adventure, I'm going to do this adventure. So I will make it a, a fairly decent sized adventure. And it's different for different people. Is everybody in your family not well? How about if you became the healthy one? Uh, does everybody struggle with money? What? How about you got really financially savvy? But it, there's got to be something in it for you and your spirit that is so exciting that there's no way you're going back to the other. And when you create that, it'll pull you past all of your excuses and old thoughts, feelings and actions, and you will do it. And people will say to me, that sounds very difficult. No, it's not. You know what? You want to go and get a hamburger. It's more important than sitting on the couch. That's what you do. It's the same idea. And I, and I love that we could maybe pursue those dreams, not from the place of, from a traumatized place of overcoming impossible odds. Karen got off the couch and got the hamburger. 
But yeah. instead that I realize that my life and my choices, my healing may not be dictated by what happened to somebody else before or my old beliefs. And so I got off the couch and went to get the hamburger. Absolutely. Now you're hitting it again. I have a lot of people who say to me, so-and-so did this to me and now this is the way I am. Hold up. So-and-so may have done this. You made the choice. And there's a very easy way to illustrate that. Two men are in a car accident. Both are paralyzed from the waist down. One says my life has just begun. The other one says my life is over. They're both right. And it, and this comes with compassion, I'm hearing. It comes with a lot of compassion and compassion for self. It's what we are telling ourselves. What we tell ourselves becomes the truth. Only it's not the truth. It's our truth. And we can change that any time we want to. It's why you see a child from the projects and they say, oh, well, this was a special one. No, this one simply decided that there was a bigger adventure than where they were. And by goodness, they were going to get the adventure. Is there a piece here about maybe the work we do in community or the work we do in groups? Something that I know from, from my own work, from what I do, is that sometimes people get very invested in their trauma because they feel like if they weren't looking at it and reliving it, no one else would pay attention. And that what happened to them was so awful or life-changing or dangerous or difficult that sometimes they feel that if they stop looking at it that way, that it'll be like it never happened, that nobody else will see and understand them. So there is Pretty much jumping up and down here because what you're talking about is a constellation. But in a constellation, you set up what you're talking about in 3D. And I do that at live events and I use live representatives. In other words, they will choose people to represent the parts of what happened for them. Because when you can see it in front of you, when you can see it, when you can hear it and touch it and interact with it, you can see what happened. You can acknowledge what happened. You can give it its place. And then. And the and then is the pivot. What you're talking about is somebody who says this should not be forgotten. But the piece with that is it, you're right. It should not be forgotten. But it should not be immortalized in a way that limits. It should become a source of wisdom. But it shouldn't influence joy. It should allow me to wire in a very different way and see what were the lessons from that? Did it come from somewhere else? What are the gifts and how do I want to take this? And instead of hanging on to my story of suffering, how do I convert that into an incredible story of triumph? Because I can. And because I'm allowed to bring that into that safe space. Yes. This is something that I don't, sometimes in, in keeping the secret of things, it feels to me like we, they fester. They do. They fester. Here's, here's the deal. In systemic work, anything that you exclude, whether it's a secret, a person, a product, whatever it is, anything you exclude, the system will not tolerate because everything has to have a place. So it keeps, it, what it does it, is it expands and it repeats. 
So anything that you put, try and sweep under the carpet, ignore, push out of the way, will resurface until it's addressed and given its place, at which point the symptoms can stop. But then, and the but then is, what will I do with this? Oh my goodness. If someone is listening and starting to realize as they think about themselves and their path that they may be carrying old beliefs that belong to them, but maybe also don't belong to them. What can they do? Like what's the very first step in getting themselves untangled? The very first step is to identify those, those feelings, thoughts, feelings, actions, patterns, identify them then thank them. They got you this far. Then decide what you want to keep and what you want to set down. It doesn't mean you're excluding it. You're giving it a place and you may refer to it later as a source of wisdom. So what do I want to build on and what do I want to stop here? And each one has its space and each one has a purpose. I always say to people, the universe is in service of you. So is the system. So are your family systems. They always are. They always have been. And they always will be. They're trying to get you to take the next step. And as we do that, take those next steps, we're rewiring our own thinking, which might lead to res different responses and reactions when things happen that maybe that's how the path starts up and out of this very much very much think about think for me it was moving over to the u.s i can't do this i can't do this i can't do this until i stopped myself and went what can you do and and activated my figure it out gene and that's what i say to people now if i don't know how to do something i do know i can figure it out I can ask somebody, I can look for resources, I can do this. So it's very much about figuring out and not giving up on ourselves and about being, Karen, about being really careful to listen to what I'm saying, what I'm feeling and what I'm doing, because those clues are coming at us all the time and then using those in wisdom to take the next step. And to honor that part, to honor all those parts Absolutely. of ourselves, right? The part that's hurting and the part that's keeping secrets and the part that is dancing and laughing and enjoying and the part that is afraid they can't figure it out. Honoring all of those parts instead of just embracing or focusing on one. Yes. And to also understand that what may now be a problem in your life in another generation may have been a solution. It simply outlived its usefulness. Judy, how can listeners get in touch with you and find out more about your work? Uh, via my website, as you so very kindly spelled out, judywilkins-smith.com. They can also go to the website and have a look. I have meditations there that will guide them through a constellation. Or they can come visit me in November at Disney World, where I'm teaching money DNA. Disney World? Oh, yeah. 
November 5th through the 8th at Disney World because if you're going to start learning about the magic in your mind and your your body and soul, why would you start anywhere else? <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Judy, thank you for um, sharing your wisdom with us today. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you. I have had such fun with you. And yes, people are not victims. They're powerful masters waiting to wake up. Mm. I've been talking with Judy Wilkins-Smith. She's the author of Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint, a powerful guide to transformation through disentangling multi-generational patterns. You can find out more about Judy and her work. Find those meditations. Check out Disney World at judywilkinsmith.com. That's J-U-D-Y-W-I-L-K-I-N-S hyphen Smith, S-M-I-T-H dot com. Judy Wilkins hyphen Smith dot com. And of course, you're always welcome over at KarenHager.com. It's a good place to find out about upcoming classes and events. You can book a private session with me there if it feels aligned. And the fun is always continuing on Instagram where I'm Fog City Psychic. There's more out of the fog content, jigsaw puzzle madness, and sometimes pictures of Maisie the dog sleeping. When Maisie the dog came to us, I thought she'll be an action-packed internet superstar. No, she mostly sleeps, but gosh, she's cute when she sleeps. So all of that's on Instagram where I'm Fog City Psychic. Thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world. And a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace.